Bells of San Juan by Jackson Gregory Chapter Three A Man's Boots In the bar at the Casablanca, a long wide room, low ceilinged and with cool sprinkled floor, a score of men had congregated. For the most part they were silent, content to look at the signs left by the recent shooting, and to have what scraps of explanation were vouchsafed them, and these were meagerly enough. The man who had done the shooting was sullen and self-contained, the dead man. It was the sheepman from Las Palmas. Lay in an adjoining card-room, stark, under the blanket which the large hands of Jim Galloway had drawn over him. When the clatter of hoofs rang out in the street, a couple of men went to the door, coming back. "'It's the sheriff!' they said. Roderick Norton, entering swiftly, his spurs dragging and jangling, swept the faces in the room with eyes which had in them none of that humid glint of goodwill which the girl at the arroyo had glimpsed in them again they were steely angry bespeaking both threat and suspicion who is it this time he demanded sharply bisbee mlot palmos they told him who did it came the quick question and then before an answer could come his voice ringing with the anger in it and tone or Kid Rickard, which one? He had shifted his rifle so that it was caught up under his left arm. His right hand, frank and unhidden, rested upon the butt of the heavy-caliber revolver, sagging from his belt. Standing just within the room, he stepped to one side of the doorway so that the wall was at his back. "'Was the kid,' someone answered, and was continuing, "'says it's self-defense,' when Norton cut in bluntly. "'Was Galloway here when it happened?' "'Yes.' Where's Galloway now? It was noteworthy that he asked for Jim Galloway rather than for Kid Rickard. In there, they told him, indicating a second card room adjoining that in which the Los Palmas sheepman lay, Rod Norton, again glancing sharply across the faces confronting him, went to the closed door and set his hand to the knob. But Jim Galloway, having desired privacy just now, had locked the door. Norton struck it sharply, commanding, Open up, Galloway, it's Norton! There came the low mutter of a voice, hasty and with the quality of stern exhortation, the snap of the lock, and the door was jerked open. Norton's eyes, probing into every square foot of the chamber, took stock of Jim Galloway, and beyond him of Kid Rickard, slouching forward in a chair and rolling a cigarette. "'Hello, Norton,' said Galloway tonelessly. "'Glad you showed up. There's been trouble.' A heavy man above the waistline, thick-shouldered with large head and bull throat his muscular torso tapered down to clean-lined hips his legs of no greater girth than those of the lean-bodied man confronting him his feet small in glove-fitting boots his eyes prominent and full and a clear brown were a shade too innocent chin jaw and mouth the latter full-lipped were those of strength smashing power and natural cruelty he was the one man to be found in San Juan who was dressed as the rather fastidiously inclined businessmen dress in the cities. "'Another man down, Galloway,' said Norton with an ominous sternness. "'And in your place. How long do you think you can keep out from under?' His meaning was plain enough. The men behind him in the barroom listened in attitudes which, varying in other matters, were alike in their tenseness. Galloway, however, staring stonily with eyes not unlike polished agates, so cold and steady were they, 
gave no sign of taking offense. "'You and I never were friends, Rod Norton,' he said, unmoved. "'Still, that's no reason you should jump me for trouble. Answering your question, I expect to keep out from under just as long as two things remain as they are. First, as long as I play the game square and in the open. Next, as long as an overgrown boy holds down the job of sheriff in San Juan. In Norton's eyes was blazing hatred, in Galloway's mere, steady, unwinking boldness. You saw the killing? the sheriff asked curtly. Yes, said Galloway. The kid here did it? For the first time, the man slouching forward in the chair lifted his head. Had a stranger looked in at that moment, curious to see him who had just committed homicide or murder, he must have experienced a positive shock. Sullen-eyed, sullen-lipped, the man-killer could not yet have seen the last of his teens, a thin wisp of straw-colored hair across a low, atrovistic forehead, unhealthy, yellowish skin with pale, lackluster, faded blue eyes. He looked evil and vicious and cruel. One looking from him to Jim Galloway would have suspected that one could be as inhuman as the other, but with the difference that that which was but means to an end with Galloway would be end in itself to Kid Rickard. Something of the primal savage shone in the pale fires of his eyes. Yep, retorted the kid, his surly voice little better than a snarl. I got him and be damned to him. Bad luck cursing a dead man, Rickard, said Norton coldly. What'd you kill him for? Kid Rickard's tongue ran back and forth between his colorless lips before he replied. Trying to get me first said defiantly. Who saw the shooting? Jim Galloway, Antone. Rod Norton grunted his disgust with the situation. Give me your gun, he commanded tersely. The kid frowned. Galloway cleared his throat. Rickard's eyes went to him swiftly. Then he got to his feet, jerked a thirty-eight caliber revolver from the hip pocket of his overalls, and held it out, surrendering it reluctantly. Norton broke it, ejecting the cartridges into his palm not an empty shell among them. The kid had slipped in a fresh shell for every exploded one. How many times did you shoot? Oh, I don't know. Two or three, I guess. Damn it, do you imagine a man counts them? What were you and Galloway doing alone in here with the door locked? Galloway cut in sharply. I didn't want any more trouble. I was afraid somebody... Shut up, will you? cried the sheriff fiercely. I'll give you all the chance you want to talk pretty soon. Answer me, Rickard. Told him to lock me up somewhere until you and Tom Cutter came, said the kid slowly. I was afraid somebody might jump me for what I'd done. I didn't want no more trouble. Norton turned briefly to the crowded room behind him. Anybody know where Cutter is? he asked. It appeared that everyone knew Tom Cutter, Rod Norton's deputy, had gone in the early morning to Mesa Verde and would probably return in the cool of the evening. Frowning, Norton made the best of the situation, and to gain his purpose called four men out of the crowd. "'Want you boys to do me a favor,' he said. "'Antone, come here.' The short, squat half-breed, standing behind the bar, lifted his heavy black brows, demanding, "'Eh, porque? What am I to do?' "'As you are told,' Norton snapped at him. "'Benny, you and Dick walk down the street with Antone. You other boys walk down the other way with Rickard.' If they haven't had all the chance to talk together already that they want, don't give them any more opportunity. Step up, Rickard. The 
Kid sulked, but under the look the sheriff turned on him, came forward and went out, his whole attitude remaining one of defiance. Antone, his swart face, was expressionless as a piece of mahogany, hesitated, glanced at Galloway, shrugged, and did as Rickard had done, going out between his two guards. The men remaining in the barroom were watching their sheriff expectantly. He swung about upon Galloway. Now, he said quickly, who fired the first shot, Galloway? Galloway smiled, went to his bar, poured himself a glass of whiskey, and standing there, the glass twisting slowly in his fingers, stared back innocently at his interrogator. "'Trying a case already, Judge Norton?' he inquired equably. "'Will you answer?' Norton said coolly. "'Sure.' Galloway kept his look steady upon the sheriff, and into the innocence of his eyes there came a veiled insolence. Bisbee shot first. Where was he standing? Galloway pointed. Right there. The spot indicated was about three or four feet from where Norton stood, near the second card-room door. Where was the kid? Over there. Again Galloway pointed, clean across the room where the chairs tumbled over against the table. How many times did Bisbee shoot? Galloway seemed to be trying to remember. He drank his whiskey slowly, reached over the bar for a cigar, and answered, twice or three times. How many times did Rickard shoot? Not sure. I'd say about the same, two or three times. Where was Antone standing? Behind the bar, down at the far end, nearest the door. Where were you? Leaning against the bar, talking to Antone. What were we talking about? The question came quicker, sharper than the others, as though calculated to startle Galloway into a quick answer. But the proprietor of the Casa Blanca was lighting his cigar and took his time. When he looked up, his eyes told Norton that he had understood any danger which might lie under a question so simple in the seeming. His eyes were smiling contemptuously, but there was a faint flush in his cheeks. "'I don't remember,' he replied at last. "'Some trifle. The shooting coming suddenly that way. What started the ruction? Bisbee had been drinking a little. He seemed to be in the devil's own temper. He had asked the kid to have a drink with him, and Rickert refused. He had his drink alone and then invited the kid again. Rickert told him to go to hell. Bisbee started to walk across the room as though he was going to the card room. Then he grabbed his gun and whirled and started shooting. Missing every time, of course. Galloway nodded. You'll remember I said he was carrying enough of a load to make his aim bad. Norton asked half a dozen further questions and then said abruptly, That's all. As you go out, will you tell the boys to send Antone in? Again a hint of color crept slowly, dully, into Galloway's cheeks. You're going pretty far, Rod Norton, he said tonelessly. You're damned right I am, cried Norton ringingly. And I am going a lot further, Jim Galloway, before I get through. And you can bet all your blue chips on it. I want Antone in here, and I want you outside. Do I get what I want or not? Galloway stood motionless, his cigar clamped tight in his big square teeth. Then he shrugged and went to the door. I'm standing a good deal off of you, he muttered, hanging on his heel just before he passed out. It's because I am as strong as any man in the county to see the law brought into San Juan, and for the first time yielding outwardly to a display of the emotion riding him, he spit out venomously and tauntingly. And we'd have had the law here long ago 
had we had a couple of men in the boots of the Nortons, father and son. Rod Norton's face went flaming red with anger. His hand grew white upon the butt of the gun at his side. Some day, Jim Galloway, he said steadily, I'll get you just as sure as you got Billy Norton. Galloway laughed and went out. To Antone, Norton put the identical questions he had asked of Galloway, receiving virtually the same replies. Seeking the one opportunity, suggesting itself into tricking the bartender, he asked at the end, Just before the shooting, when you and Galloway were talking and he told you that Bisbee was looking for trouble, why weren't you ready to grab him when he went for his gun? Antone was giving his replies as guardingly as Galloway had done. He took his time now. Because he said finally, I do not believe when Senor Galloway speak that. His eyes had been roving from Norton's, going here and there about the room. Suddenly a startled look came into them, and he snapped his mouth shut. Go on, prompted the sheriff. I don't remember, grunted Antone. I forget what Senor Galloway said, what I say, Bisbee say, have a drink. The kid say, go to hell, Bisbee shoot one, two, three, like that. I forget what we talk about. Norton turned slowly and looked whither Antone had been looking, when he cut his own words off so sharply. The man upon whom his eyes rested longest was a creased-faced Mexican, Fidel Nunez, who now stood head down, making a cigarette. That's all, Antone, Norton said. Send a kid in. The kid came, still sullen but swaggering a little, his hat cocked jauntily to one side, the yellow wisp of hair in his faded eyes, and he, in turn, questioned, gave such answers as the two had given him before. Now, for the first time, the sheriff, stepping across the room, looked for such evidence as flying lead might have left for him. In the wall just behind the spot where Bisbee had stood were two bullet holes. Going to the far end of the room where the chair leaned against the table, he found that a pane of glass in a window opening upon the street had been broken. There was no bullet marks upon the wall or woodwork. Bisbee shot two or three times, did he? He cried, wheeling on the kid, and missed every time. And all the bullets went through the one hole in the window, I suppose. The kid shrugged insolently. I didn't watch him, he returned briefly. Galloway and Antone were allowed to come again into the room. And of Galloway, quite as though no hot word had passed between them, Norton asked quietly, Bisbee had a lot of money on him. What happened to it? In there, Galloway nodded toward the card room, whose door had remained closed, in his pocket. A few of the morbid followed as the sheriff went into the little room. Already most of the men had seen and had no further curiosity. Norton drew the blanket away, noted the wounds, three of them, two at the base of the throat and one just above the left eye. Then, going through the sheepmen's pockets, he brought out a handful of coins, a few gold, most of them silver dollars and half dollars, in all a little over fifty dollars. The dead man lay across, two tables drawn together, his booted feet sticking out stolidly beyond the bed, still too short to accommodate his length of body. Norton's eyes rested on the man's boots longer than upon the cold face. Then, stepping back to the door so that all in the barroom might catch the significance of his words, he said sharply, how many men of you know where Bisbee always carried his money when he was on his way to bank? In his boots, answered two voices together. Come this way, boys. Take a look at his boots, will you? And as they crowded around the table, sensing some new development, 
Galloway pushing well to the fore. Norton's vibrant voice rang out. It was a clean job getting him, and a clean job telling the story of how it happened. But there wasn't overmuch time, and in the rush, tell me, Jim Galloway, how does it happen that the right boot is on the left foot? End of chapter 3